Hey, you're listening to Sit Down For Real, a new podcast for anyone interested in movies, especially the making of movies. I'm Mason Coyle, and each week I will be joined by various guests, including directors, actors, writers, people who will share their hands-on experience of the filmmaking process and discuss either the topic of the week or a movie review. If that sounds like something you're into, perfect. If not, stick with us anyway. We're not famous yet, but that doesn't mean we aren't entertaining. Sit Down For Real is made by a group of creatives, collaborating across numerous projects in the hopes of turning our passions into careers. We hope this podcast will be a platform where we can cultivate our skills and share what we learn with you, our audience. If you ever have a comment, question, suggestion, or a nice review, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook at Sit Down For Real. That's real, R-E-E-L, like a film reel. It's a pun. You understand. Anyway, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Now on with the show. Hello all and welcome to Sit Down For Real, where we talk movies from script to screen, high budget to no budget, whether it's the film of the year or your first film ever, we're here to discuss the filmmaking process and the movies we love or sometimes hate. I'm your host, Kevin Garner, and with me today is Dylan Forres, Kyrie Burton, and Mason Coyle. How's it going, guys? Great. You gave everyone their last names. I know. He's been my yeah, well, when, when everyone here is famous, you gotta like point back, like, oh, that's not just Dylan, that's Dylan Forries. And all this time, I thought I was living in just enough obscurity. <laughs> You're the audio guy, you can add beeps. In. I love it. How's everyone doing? Good. Yeah, man. Been all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, uh, so we're here today to talk about a new BTB film, but before we get into that film, has anyone watched any good movies? Anything worth mentioning recently? Nothing's new, because no new movies are coming out, but... I watched uh, Hamilton. You yeah. watched it? Uh, yes. And all I can say is it changed my life forever. <laughs> As it should um, I instantly started writing new songs after I watched it. Davi Diggs is the GOAT. Lynn is the GOAT. And it was it was fun, bro. I watched it in, like... I had to split it up in two days. Me and Aaron watched it together, so... Mm-hmm. We watched it in two days, but she actually she didn't finish it with me, so I finished it. She still needs to finish it, but man, bro, it's it is <laughs> such a singular piece of entertainment. Excellent. It's excellent. It's too good. <laughs> it's way way too good. <laughs> <laughs> like from the moment it started, I'm like, yeah, like just, I'm just into it. Yeah. My head, like, oh my goodness, like this is crazy. And especially with your background and. Cause I'm sure you know much more about rap history than Dylan and I do. I've seen it, amazing. I'm not sure if no, you know. No. Um, but there's a lot of like different moments he pays homage to different songs oh, and different artists. Uh, and it's like you hear the you hear like the the certain beats that he puts in there. It's like mm-hmm. oh, bro, I know where that's <laughs> it's, it's dope, super dope. Yeah, it's a it's fantastic. That's definitely one. The day it came out, Jenny and I watched it. And just, <laughs> experienced it yes it was it was wonderful <laughs> yes i definitely enjoyed it and i found it very interesting just the aspect of you know i really like going to the theater but it's a whole other experience because instead of having a medium where you can have 20 showings a day and just cram full as many low ticket price people mm-hmm. you know so theater you have the, the very specific crew you can't have them running every two hours or they mm-hmm. die <laughs> so um, you know, that affects the ticket prices, so that also generally affects how many people can enjoy these kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So silver lining of being in quarantine, I guess, is being able to <laughs> see something that I wanted to see as soon as I kind of heard the good reviews about it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. hadn't gotten a chance to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was something that Jenny and I were lucky enough, lucky enough to see up in Chicago. Um, and even Man, then, I yeah, <laughs> but even <laughs> then, watch, like watching it live is you get, you're in the moment with mm-hmm. it, but the seeing it with the original cast and seeing it up close like that, yeah. there are things that, um, you can't see when you're live and you're in the that highest stuff. Like, and, and, and we that work because as most people are when they go and see anything <laughs> at Broadway level. Um, but it's, yeah, especially, um, Dylan and I had our year-long obsession with it in college but, um, <laughs> being able to see the people that we recognize so much with the cast recording and everything it was uh, it's production level crazy amazing it's yeah mm-hmm. it's i'm gonna say across the board, bro. it's an excellent piece of art and <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm glad it exists i'm glad i like i went i was able to see it in chicago as well and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. being able to see it live but also being able to see the original cast like it it's just excellent. If you haven't watched it, definitely check it out. Um, whether you're a movie nerd, whether you're a theater nerd, whether you enjoy both, whether you haven't enjoyed either, like check it out. It's <laughs> it's a it's a piece of art worth looking into. If you like music or movies, which it should be everybody, <laughs> you will right. like this for sure. Yes. Um, but yeah, off that, let's go ahead and get into the topic of today, which is release. Which, at the point of this, has not been released yet. <laughs> but um, it is a film um, produced by BTB, written by Mason Coyle, starring Kyrie Burton, audio work by Dylan Corries, <laughs> and I co-directed, edited, Kyrie and I co-produced, all the other things. So it's something that's all we've all had working for months now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really excited that we're going to talk about it because it's something that we're... Really excited to get everyone to see. Yeah, because yeah. this was basically the the first project that me and you got to collaborate on. You know, we first I think started talking to each other about creative projects in like January, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> in the very beginning of the year, where we were like, yeah, we can actually get together and, and do things. And um, I was working on part one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> part six now. <laughs> that was in twenty twenty. Wow. <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> different uh, shorts with mm-hmm. like the intention of doing something that we could feasibly do right and this one was probably the easiest as it's one person one setting um, I didn't realize at the time how much work I was going to be putting on Dylan for the audio <laughs> Mason said man that's the easiest and I kind of gave him a look like wait a minute <laughs> see I knew how much work it was going to put on Dylan and he was and due you just for said it, okay so. anyway. <laughs> he was due for it. I he mean, was tired of me giving him these projects where he couldn't do anything. So I'm gonna say I was very happy to have it. It was a nice challenge on the audio aspect, and <laughs> I'll get into it more later. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I guess that we can start at the beginning and kind of. I know that it was something to where you've been writing a lot, focusing more on features. Yeah. And we started started to get together, and I mentioned that our group was making these short films. So, if you want to kind of talk about your process in writing this and kind of yeah, putting because, it out there, um, I was writing a bunch of features uh, where everything seemed to get a high budget very fast because <laughs> I, I like the yeah. action, I like the adventure, I like the craziness. Um, 
but as I was doing all that, I was like, you know, there are going to be more opportunities if you actually incorporate more in opportunities by having a lower budget. And it's probably good anyway to strip all the fancy stuff out and get down to like real human stories, which is important to me anyway because I think my kind of defining feature for a good movie is whether the characters have, you know, strong motivations, whether I can get behind mm -hmm. them and, and all that. So jumping on board to having a very particular uh, character-driven story in a very limited space, very limited time, uh, was, a, was a good challenge for me. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, you rose to it very, very well. Um, it was something that, and this is the first time that we have produced a script outside of our us really we I think Kyrie and I have written one Kyle and I have written one Kyle's written one I've written one we kind of have bounced around those three mm -hmm. and so this was the first time we really got to or for me this is the first time I had to take someone else's words and try to make them into something that looks like a movie <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah and I think I think what really meshed well was how um said something that BTB, we really want to make those grounded, like focusing on yes. people, focusing on what they're going through, something that's talking about something. And I think that you, without even knowing that's what we were doing, you kind of brought us a script and it was really, really excellent and really gave us all of our brains kind of shot off in different directions at <laughs> yeah. once. But um, the script is two or three pages. Something like that. Something like that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the film runs a little bit longer because of how it all happens. Yeah. Um, but what were some of the bigger challenges in writing it? Like, if you can remember all the way back to the same year. That's not the same year. <laughs> say, say, no, I can't remember that. Was... <laughs> um, I think it was a balancing act of trying to be honest about um, what the character and what real life people go through. Um, because one of the reasons I got so like we I wrote a couple different shorts for us to like talk about maybe doing and we picked this one I think because it was the most authentic mm -hmm. and like real um, that it had a tangible impact on me and uh, I think that comes from the fact that I try not to sugarcoat it or that's probably not the best way of like the, the horror versions of this story that I've seen play mm -hmm. out before come down to if someone is um, hurting themselves, it's a cry for attention, it's suicidal, it's damaged. Mm. Um, where I wanted to incorporate the logic, the reasoning, mm. and the like actual payoffs of why this happens. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, be honest about that so that anyone who's suffering from it can see that, you know, I understand and I hear that, I feel that, but the next part is bringing the positivity back into it so that we try to help anybody who is still stuck in that bad place. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I think, and not to backtrack too much, but I don't know if we've actually talked about really what the film's about yet. And I think, <laughs> um, I think we just got into it, but, and you covered it a little bit there, but if you want to give sort of your right. summary of it. So this is a short film concerning self-harm where we follow a certain character he doesn't have a name um, and it's just the the mental noise that builds up it's all this negativity that builds up and 
the coping mechanism of self-harm is yes you're doing damage to yourself in some way but it's also giving you a release which is the name of the film mm -hmm. um and that is you know like i said i wanted to show that as a as a real payoff you know people understand when they drink too much that it's bad for them um but it gives them that buzz it gives them that high so we mm -hmm. kind of give people a pass because it feels good and we understand that same thing's true for other ways of self-harm whether it's smoking or you know overeating the bad foods that you know you're not supposed to have they give you some sort of plus to uh you know make you forget about the negative and in the end run it's going to be a negative effect on you because it's not the best way to address whatever issues you're dealing with but <laughs> yeah yeah and i think that um it's something that a lot of the members of our group have either have some kind of educational background in um, a mental health field or are working currently in the mental health field. And so it's something that we've have not really been able to touch any topic like this yet. Um, and I would say it's something that we've since the beginning tried to hold with the highest sensitivity and um, making sure we're doing this the right way for the right reasons. Um, and you kind of mentioned that the other places you've seen this in represented haven't been yeah. sort of the best representations yeah because it's been in both you know before and after i wrote this short i had watched um youtube videos you know independent stuff and i don't want to single anybody out for that because a lot of those are learning opportunities right. and, and i don't know the backgrounds <clears throat> of those um, individuals and but but what it comes down to is like i said i saw a whole lot of this over dramatic I can't say it. <laughs> they, they made it too easy to go from self-harm to a suicidal thing. Mm -hmm. And if they wanted to do a suicidal um, short, that's certainly a very uh, important topic that needs to be covered as well. But this connection is the, the misunderstanding of um, self-harm that I wanted to address. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I even know, like, thinking about the educational background of things, like, statistically speaking, the vast majority, like, it's close to 90, 95% of people who um, self-harm are actually not suicidal. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, I agree with you, like, seeing those different films where it is an instant, like, somebody self-harming, then the next step is suicide. Like, that just, that factually is wrong, and that's something mm -hmm. I'm really glad that you addressed in your writing and that we're addressing in this short film that we have because it really is a like majorly different thing like self-harm and suicide are two separate things yeah because i should say from what i wanted to try to paint the picture of here is somebody who can do this basically any other day you know mm -hmm. because it's mm -hmm. kind of a routine there's a um kind of system he has that he goes through um and it can just happen you know whether it's uh, something that builds up over the course of the week or if it's just one particularly bad day this happens people go through it and then when they in other circumstances just go out the bathroom go out that room go back into the real world nobody's the wiser really mm-hmm mm -hmm. I think that um, I think that's something that I've also seen kind of been looking at these different short films around um, these mental health issues is that, and even if short films or you'll see feature films that kind of, they really like to use mental illness as a 
sort of this agent of drama or this agent of suspense or this agent of twist. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that really sucks the reality out of it and the humanity out of it. And it really, I mean, in some situations, there are feature films I've seen that'll dehumanize people with a certain um, illness, disease, condition, because they're basically using it as a creepy plot point in a horror movie, or it's just Mm -hmm. something to where... um, when you look at how we ingest media and especially how um, how it affects our daily lives and how it affects our how we think of things and how we see things, it's I think what drew me most to this project was how sorely needed it is that we see a realistic portrayal of this and something that does not over dramatize it, that doesn't make it like trendy or make it this twist in the character or something. It's just the real situation and we honestly I feel like we use the film as a way to cope with it along with the character and I think that's something that um that I really hope comes across but it's definitely it definitely started with that writing and something that um I hope by the end of it we stuck to as well as we could (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's that might be the most kind of like eye-opening part of this project for me because it's the first uh opportunity I had to have my words translated into the visual medium and so it's, it's kind of a bizarre experience for me where I'm incredibly proud of it. Um, but it's weird that this thing I made took a life of its own, you know. I thought that writing it, you know, it was like my little baby. And <laughs> I, was, I was raising it to do what I wanted to do. Um, and then it started interacting with the world, with you guys. Mm-hmm. And you guys started shaping it. And then it just stands up and it's its own thing. And that's it's crazy. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's something that we've learned up until this point, kind of how things can do that, and it's never easy to predict or anything, it's just, but it's always really exciting to watch, and once you get to that final product, it's fully out there, and you have yeah. nothing else over top of it other than <laughs> we can sit here and talk about it, but... Right, yeah. That's where we're at now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, just to go around the table a little bit, and I'm sure everyone's going to jump in and out, yeah. but... Um, Kyrie, this is not your first time acting in a short film, not your first time acting in a BTV film, um, not your first time acting with no almost no lines spoken. Obviously, they come in through the internal, which we'll get into plenty with Dylan, um, but how was this process for you? This was definitely a different approach than we normally have with you. Yeah, um, it was cool, though. Um, thing I, the thing I enjoyed about it most was like it allowed me to actually, you know, work on my acting without saying any lines, you know what I mean? Just like that visual, the visual acting. And having like, in a film you guys will see like, it's a mirror in the bathroom obviously. And like, looking into that mirror while I was acting like, actually helped me a lot. Just like, staring myself down, you know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, And I really tried to feel like, I I actually tried to feel those words in the script uh, that Mason had wrote. And it was, and it kind of started resonating with me in a weird way. It was like the first, like time when I acted where I was like actually feeling like I was in that character's body. It was mm-hmm. weird. It was like mm-hmm. a weird experience. Um and so I think that was pretty cool and just being able to see myself, you know, um step outside of my comfort zone, bring some emotion to the screen and, and really, you know, um uh, bring the words to life and react to those, you know, negative things. Cause, you know, I mean, I haven't experienced anything like um like the topic that's being covered but I know people that you know have experienced that so I was mm-hmm. able to you know try to embody embody those things um, that I came across over the years so 
real real interesting weird uh cool experience to you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah uh, and i tell you it made a hell of an impact on me it's like my first <clears throat> time actually meeting you yeah. was you acting out this stuff and kind of just like <laughs> blowing me away it's, a, it's an odd story because we we're shooting in the bathroom and me and uh kyle are just hanging out in the shower <laughs> while, uh, while kevin's you know getting the shot and Kyrie's doing this performance and this it, like i said it's an amazing performance it kind of uh, blew me away at points where i couldn't in the room watch you because it felt like an invasion you know mm-hmm. because it felt like you were mm-hmm. going through something right there that was true to the character, and I yeah. wanted to not like put eyes on you. I wanted you to feel that yeah, sure. um, alone, and, and but it was just odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's definitely something that, in the same way, it was new for me, because um, this character is, um, for lack of a better term, generic. Like it's not so much it's. It fills a role of someone who exists and is real, but it's not this exact real person. Mm-hmm. It's not. Right. You're not playing Kyrie, like you said. The character doesn't have a name, yeah. so. It could be anybody. Yeah. Much, yeah. Which is serves a lot of the story how it could be anybody, mm-hmm. um, and I think that there's a quote that I heard a few times, and I um, may have mentioned in one of the podcasts already, but um, Barry Jenkins talks about in his process he'll notice these points when the actor and the character become the same person mm-hmm. when they haven't when there's no barrier anymore and what he'll do in those moments is he'll put the camera right on them and get this close-up portrait shot of them and you'll see it in any of his movies and they're beautiful shots mm-hmm. and they really you feel it too and i think that that's something that we were lucky enough to get shots that were already set up on that but when i'm cutting through things when i'm in the post-production process of this i maybe only a few times watching it to see Kyrie. And that's a, obviously partially just because of all the work we've done together and how long we've known each other, but it really is a testament to how well you did acting in it because mm-hmm. it was just this physical acting. It was just how you could wear your emotions, how you could show them mm-hmm. on your face and your body language. And Kyle and I did the best we could to kind of push you in directions, but mm-hmm. when it came down to it, you were just embodying this position that was... It was really impressive. I don't Thanks, know. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> no, it was. It was um, I was actually, you know, impressed with myself. Uh, and I'm usually that not. Like, <laughs> especially like with acting because, you know, acting is something that I, you know, just recently got into when we started, you know, doing this because it was like, who else we going to Let's go. And then it was something I started, you know, like kind of, you know, enjoying it and actually then another step further falling in love with it. And so, like, when I saw it, when I read the script, and I just really wanted to, you know, like, I felt like this was the like, time to really, you know, put put some skills to the test and really just, um, you know, just embody this 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 character and, and give people, you know, the emotion that they that they needed to see with this topic and all that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, we haven't mentioned this yet, but it was a two-part process. Yeah. Because it wasn't just you look into a mirror and go home. Like you had right. to then we had to do the vocal work right, that then right. comes in as this um inner monologue from the from the character. So I don't know yeah. kind of how those differed for you or what challenges you kind of yeah. came in with that. Definitely different. Like when you when I'm in front of the camera it was like I was just trying to just sink into this, like, you mm-hmm. know, into this role and like just like really you know, just take it all in. But then vocally, it's different because I'm think I feel like I'm thinking too much about it 
versus just feeling it because I'm just like in front of a microphone. And so like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and God bless Dylan. <laughs> Dylan tries to give me the most descriptive. <laughs> like, I try my best. <laughs> how to say this like, and I'm just like, I feel like I'm saying it the exact same way, bro. Like, <laughs> but but it was it was cool to do because like you know it's that's a another experience in, in itself and a different skill in itself being able you know vocally act. So big ups to people that you know do like voiceovers and stuff. Yeah. Like that, man, that's a whole different thing to do, but it was definitely it was definitely fun, man, to try out and see it see it pan out. Yeah. I'm gonna say I wasn't able to be like on set for the shoot, but like watching you do like the voice acting and stuff like that, and then watching the first cut that Kevin sent me of like the different yeah. shots, I like I was just thoroughly impressed. And like with your voice acting, like um, just it was very impressive to watch you go from like here's the words on paper to like let me start getting into this character yeah. to mm-hmm. let me actually like start having a dialogue with myself mm-hmm. because um, most of this um, inner thoughts and inner dialogue is really just a conversation between the character and himself right. and the outside world as it is perceived and so it kind of it was interesting to watch as you kind of figured some of that out as you were going because I knew you had never done like a voiceover <laughs> voice voice acting and stuff before and like I was like this should be fun let's see what happens because I mean that's something none of us have ever really done mm-hmm. and um, it was just it was a lot of fun to watch that play out for you and for everybody else involved, like watching them figure it out and watching it click together. Like, oh yeah, this is, I get what you're saying now. Right, like, right, right. I understand where this is supposed to go. Because um, whenever you have a camera in front of you and like you're acting and you're trying to figure out with the camera, like you kind of always have this sense of, okay, so this is what the scene is. Whereas mm-hmm. the more in the voice acting realm, it was just, yep, here's a microphone, envision right. the scene and right, go right. go from here. Right. Um, and so, like, I was thoroughly impressed with you and everybody else we had come in. Sure. Just did excellent jobs on that and made my job really easy. <laughs> yeah, they even made my job, like, make me look better. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't write everything that is spoken, and because and, and, some of these lines I were just ad-libbed, you know, mm-hmm. were brilliant. They were really great. They felt true to the story, and I was just kicking myself that I didn't write it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is, um, it's a very unique process because this is not something that could have happened in, in post in any other situation. I know um, every now and again, we like you'll see these things where they'll dub in a voice or someone's facing the other way and they'll have them say something they didn't really yeah. say, but we did have a cool opportunity. Um, as we're all talking about how impressed we are with Kyrie, I'm impressed with us because we made him uncomfortable in front of a microphone, which I don't know if it's ever happened. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah, now that you point that out, I take great pride in that. <laughs> that is true. Because, well, yeah, someone that waves in front of a microphone, I'm like, whew, we, we did something. We really pushed it and yeah, made him right. grow a little bit. Sure, definitely grew up with that. Um, but yeah, and if we're talking about how, like, the work and effort and growth in this project and microphones, we have to go to the next segment, which is Dylan. <laughs> and he hasn't killed me yet in this process, which is even more impressive on his end. Um, but yeah, this is, Dylan's been our audio tech, audio design, sound design, everything to do with the sound in our movies since we've been making movies. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely the one where we threw everything at him and tried to get him to figure it out. <laughs> and 
Yeah, we'll just start from there. How was that? Um, <laughs> so, I will say, for like everybody who doesn't understand sound, I get it, I understand it. You're not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> but, like, the difference between this and everything else we've ever done is everything else we've ever done has been shot, taken from the camera, taken from a mic that was recording the same time. Um, you take that audio and you just use it as it is. You add your extra sound effects as you need it. You kind of adjust the volumes to make sure everything can be heard. And then you press send and you have your audio clip. Um, and then for like things like the owl where like it's one shot, like it really is just you sit there with the mic, you follow. And then whenever you edit, you <laughs> that take it. That, that was fun. It was a challenge. But like you take it, you get the simple edit done. You make it sound good. You make sure everything can be heard and you press send. Um, this, everything was done in post. So... Every single line is something that is heard or wasn't shot on that day that we were filming. Everything was filmed or audio was filmed after. And so then you also have to start thinking, well, if it's somebody's thoughts, like whenever you think the voice you hear out loud and the voice inside your head are different. And whenever you think about everything that like somebody else says to you, whenever you think about it later, it sounds different. It's like your thoughts. And so you have to figure out like, okay, so I've got... Like, everybody has their voice now. I have that. Mm -hmm. I have the right lines picked out. How do I make it sound like it's a thought and an inner dialogue? And then with, especially with the topic being self-harm and all these negative thoughts and negative self-thoughts and going through that, like, how do I make it go from just a thought to a harsh thought? Um, and so it, it piles upon itself really <laughs> quick and you just don't realize what you're going to do. Um, and so for... Every single person that we had record, I think we had 12 different people. I think so. Um, or close to that. There are three different audio tracks that I combined into one to get three different sound effects, to get three different mm -hmm. types of effect into one line. And for Kyrene, most of his had four lines. <laughs> um, and so like, you just take this simple concept of like, oh yeah, we've got the scripts on the paper, we've got everybody... Uh, voice acting and acting over you drop the lines in like it could have been really simple and it could have been like just drop the line in and let it go but I felt like that was just going to be a disservice to the wonderful script that Mason had written and the excellent acting performance that Kyrie had done and like it was just an opportunity for me to learn a lot about the sound realm and things that I had never done before or thought of doing before um, and now I just, like, I understand a lot of different things about, like, my editing software, about recording, and about editing stuff that I didn't before. And I think that was just an excellent experience for me to dive into some of that and see how far I could push myself before it just didn't make sense. <laughs> um, to further hype you up, um, I'm not too proud to um, hide my mistakes in the filmmaking <laughs> process. Um, we recorded most of the lines with most of the people before quarantine. Pretty soon after we did the shoot, which was in February, Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. that's when we did. Yep. We had to reshoot it. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I just pushed everyone to the limit on this one, just <laughs> messing up everything. But the reshoot was exclusively, there's a specific shot toward the end where we had to do a, um, a mask and post to show two different... Um, sides of Kyrie, one, and we'll call this a spoiler section, we can call this my interpretation of it, and you come up with your inter interpretation of it, but we have a Kyrie who has not um, 
enacted any amount of self-harm and then we have the one that's standing that that one's in the mirror then we have the one who has holding the paper towels that are covered in blood and it's this sort of kind of triggers this response that sort of finds this support and positivity and internal and and external and sort of turns that into um a sort of hope toward the end of it um but the first time the tripod was bumped and so we had to throw out the whole first shoot because of that and so the second time we reshot it it was great and then we did the, the voice recordings for it, and I did not direct very well for it, because I don't know why. I truly don't. <laughs> I don't know if I was over underestimating the amount of work. I don't know if I was overestimating the, um, the non-actors that we had to come in and sort of say these lines, because it's difficult for actors just to read lines, let alone people who this is the first time we'd even brought them in to do any amount of acting. And so we had to re-record most of the lines after the first edit and the first cut because it wasn't working. And so Dylan went put in all this work, <laughs> cut together all these lines and everything, and it sounds good. It's just we lost the emotion that we were looking for and that humanity. And so I went to Dylan and I said, Dylan, yeah, we need to re-record all this. <laughs> and then I ducked. In case he was hitting me. <laughs> I no. think I threw like a pin at you and was like, no. <laughs> but yeah, no. And I remember that. And I was thinking it as I was piecing it together. Like, we're going to have to re-record some of this at mm-hmm. least. But it was just something I was like, yeah, no, let, let's at least get the first product done. Yeah. And then COVID hit and everything just kind of escalated. Because <laughs> originally the hope was that we'd have this finished before the end of March. And like be able to produce it and send it out to the world then. But yeah. then everything kind of got a little bit crazy with COVID and everything else. So it kind of just got set on the back burner, um, which is unfortunate. And yeah. um, But as we kind of like, okay, no, we've got this filmed. We need to finish it. Like this is something that is meaningful. It is impactful. And like, we need to finish this no matter what it was a like, Definitely a decision that Kevin said, hey, this needs done. But I was like, I know this needs done. So I'm like, it. I wasn't upset or anything because it needed to happen. And I'm just glad that we were able to get the right takes. And in terms of like not directing it well, I honestly think it's because we all knew the idea we were going for. We just didn't know how to express it until mm-hmm. we until we had the wrong takes. We needed to see the bad film before we could get the good film. <laughs> yeah, it, like that really, I think, was all it was, is we had to get through the bad and like work through it and go, oh, yeah, mess that up, <laughs> and then jump ahead to redoing it. And this is, we know what we're looking for now. We know how to make sure this sounds how we want it and kind of directed people that way. And a lot of people really took off with um, like the updated directions and updated, like, hey, this is what we're looking for. And it really helped everybody else as a whole, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, I could go around to each of you for another hour and talk about... <laughs> and it's not... It's I think it ends up being a five-minute short, but um, I, sh- I just think it's impressive how well that talent is shown in each little aspect of this. Like, um, It makes me excited for the work that we're doing in the future and the bigger projects that we do that we kind of can confine it and push it all into the space that when we have more space and we have more room, more time, better technology, this, that, and everything else, that it's really just going to keep elevating that. I think that when we use an iPhone in Mason's bathroom (laughs) with 
lines we have to record afterward and like this is the one of the most stripped down projects we've been able to do because their the coordination was so that we were able to reshoot it if we needed to and so we were able to record if we needed to it was something that um very pure in its idea and its execution and it's definitely a a very strong foundation for for the future of it um but as we kind of wrap up from there um i just kind of want to get your final thoughts about the film about the process anything that you wanted to say, I don't think we had too many funny stories from this one other than Dylan throwing stuff at me. Um, yeah. It was pretty, because it was pretty, we were in the moment and we were really Getting pushing ready. through, <laughs> trying to make sure that we got everything done in time. And so, yeah, I don't know, we don't have a great quote for this one. Or, no, we do. Because for the first four takes, I said reason. Oh, yeah. release for some reason. Reason. <laughs> Shot one, take one. Um of reason and I don't know where it came from and I don't know why I said it but there's our picture <laughs> <Reason. one. laughs> and yeah, it took me four tries until that, uh, yeah our secret name <laughs> but uh, Mason what do you got I mean it like you said even though it's only a few minutes it's such a big topic and for me personally it's got so many different levels working at it um, but basically you know I am proud of the fact that this is going to go out and reach people, you know, regardless of whatever else we do down the road. Um, you know, this can go out, and I see it addressing basically three different audiences, whether you have no um, concern or, you know, never thought about self-harm before. Hopefully, if you watch this, you uh, come out with um, some sympathy and some understanding. Um, if you have gone through this and are in a better place, hopefully, you know, you see that bit of like honesty in there of this is a hard time but there is light at the end of the tunnel and then that last group anyone who is still suffering um, if they see this hopefully it, it gets that, that then that sense that we see them and understand them and that yes there can be um, something better for you and you, you deserve something better for you so just start taking those steps to uh, to heal mm-hmm. yeah. it's a really strong message in like a short amount of time and I think it hits home uh, and it resonates because it resonated with me after you know like performing uh, after my performance so I just think I just think people will really um, gravitate to it and, and really just you know kind of just like you say show that sympathy for for uh, this topic and moving forward you know we can you know at least have that conversation with people and stuff like that. So. Mm, yeah. I think one of my favorite parts about um, doing this whole thing is um, we brought in Amari, um, who's like a good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of like whenever he was talking towards the end, he was acting like a friend. Um, and just his line, um, we said, hey, we want you to just, if this is something that Kyrie was going through, what would you say? Um, and he kind of went off on a tangent for a little bit. Um, and one of my favorite parts from it was him saying that you may not be where you want to be right now, but you're a lot further than where you have been. And that's something that you have to keep in perspective and keep on growing. And I think that embodies um, this film. It embodies our group just as a whole. Like, mm. hey, we're, we're not where we were, but we're not where we want to be, so we're going to keep on growing. And I think that's something that's very important for... Um, anybody who's struggling with self-harm or struggling with really anything like 
you have to take into account and give yourself some um, compassion and understanding of like you may not be where you want to be but um, you're not where you were and you have to give yourself credit for that absolutely yeah that was probably my favorite moment of the the post recording process was I mean we sat with in here with Amari for two hours talking about everything and mm-hmm. going through things and having him do this that and everything else we just we keep finding actors who are very good at reading lines and it's going to make my life a problem when I get actors who are not as good at reading lines. Um, but I'll just keep bringing you guys and it'll be fine. Um, yeah, but I really, I think that this is something that it matched up really well when we were looking for a new project to make and especially when Mason brought it to us. Um, it is something that we do see it as a privilege to be able to make films and put art out into the world. And if we have that privilege and are exercising it, then we want to do something with it. And we want to make statements about what's going on. We want to see people who are not normally seen. We want to um, start conversations that wouldn't be started otherwise. And so this was, it was a perfect film for our, um, our group and everything. And I really think that we, I really think everyone brought everything they needed to make it happen and to make that, the point come across. Um, I do think that, just as any good film in this sort of environment, we don't have all the answers. And I think that I'm, I'm glad that we didn't try to pretend that we have the answers on yes. how to solve this. Um, but we do just want to use it as a position to offer support to anyone going through it, knowing anyone going through it, going through anything else. Um, it's something that um, we wanted to show in a genuine way with this. And um, I just hope we accomplish that and hope through my role I accomplished it because I know you guys did. But... <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for everyone to see this. I hope that it, if it starts one conversation, kind of how with Kyrie and I were with complacency, it started, we had a few conversations with people and that made a huge impact in us and hopefully in them as well and start with one and go from there. But um, yeah, thank you guys so much for being around, being a part of this. I'm excited for everyone to see the film. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for all the hard work, guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for an excellent script. <laughs> Here's to many, many more. Yes. <laughs> Thanks to BTB Films and our crew for helping out the podcast whenever they can. Thanks to Dylan for taking care of all of our audio work in the film and on this podcast. Thank you to my guests today, and thank you for listening. Extra thanks to those who like, subscribe, or leave us a nice review wherever you find us. It really means a lot. Thank you for listening. We'll save your spot till next time. Goodbye. How the turntables have turned. (laughs) Mason, finally on the other side. (laughs) You're still here. Thanks for hanging out with us while we talk movies. But now we want to hear from you. If you have a comment, send it our way. Did we forget something or make a mistake? Call us out on it. Do you have a movie you really want us to review? Let us know what it is and we'll get to it. Whether you have a question about filmmaking process or just want to know who we think would win in a fight between all the film characters of Martin Scorsese versus the characters of Quentin Tarantino, you ask us whatever you like and we'll do our best to figure it out. So once more, we are Sit Down For Real, R-E-E-L, on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook. Your support means everything to us. Thanks for listening.